we got to get a couple stools here. I think there's one there and there's one over there. Grab, grab me that one right there. Are you a right person or a left? I'm right. right. Let's... What'd you say? I'm right. <laughs> we haven't done this in a minute. <laughs> no, we have not. It's good to see you. Yeah. yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yes, it's been a while. They yeah. haven't gotten better looking. You? Them. No, no. No, wow. no, no. I mean, I'm leaving after this, so I can, I can say what I want. This is great. So we're going we're gonna to talk, talk just a little bit, and then I'm going to close with a little short devotional, and because we want to go up, don't we? We want to go up, and we want to finish high, and that's where we want to be as a people of God. So uh, I'm going to sit over here, Andy. And uh, So first, how have you been doing? How's, how's everything going? I'm so good. I got some questions for you, though. Not, we're not talking about me. Oh. I'm going to talk about you. Oh, I'm going to talk about you. That's great. <laughs> um, I, I remember your very first sermon. Do I remember what it was about? Of course not. <laughs> like, not even. I mean, I'm sure you used the Bible. But when you first came, you always, I don't know if we, we I think we had a different pulpit, but I think it was a lot lower. And whenever he'd preached, if you guys have been around for the, the 17 years. Do you remember he'd always, he'd always do this whenever he'd preach? He always would bend down. I'm like, he needs glasses or he has back problems. And I think it did end up being you needed glasses. I mean, we know that's true, <laughs> right? You have them everywhere. That was just one of my, that was one of my, that was one of my first memories. So my first question is, can you think back to what was your first impression as you came to, you know, I, you came a few Sundays, you were helping out in transition, and then you kind of had in your mind that you were, you know, going to be pastor. But what, in those early days, what was your first impression oh, no. of West Island? I did not have in my mind that I was going to be pastor. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> and uh, Jeff Smith had called me, and uh, you had just lost a pastor, and he said, can you come over and preach? But we don't need you every Sunday. We'll call you when we need you. So that was... <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, so yeah. I came, and the first Sunday was Mother's Day in 06. It was Mother's Day of 06, and my, you, what, what do you want from me? First impression? Yeah, what was your first Not impression good. of West Island? Oh, boy. <laughs> Not good. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I think you'd gone through some difficult times and whatnot, and people were kind of snarly and angry. And I said to Mary on the way home, whoa, I told my best jokes and nobody laughed. And, yeah. And so it was, uh, it was. Um, it's kind of always been the case. So, yeah, it wasn't a good impression the first time I was here, to tell you the truth. But Could you unpack snarly a little bit more? What? You said this, people seem snarly. Snarly? That's not a term that, you know, the young people use. So what's that? Never what's mind. That? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Just move on. <laughs> Moving on. I've got a bunch here. <laughs> Has anyone ever complained either to you or that you heard about your sermons? I know people have fallen asleep, right? I mean... 
I'm surprised Gary's awake right now, but <laughs> has anyone ever complained to you about your sermons? Nobody who's alive. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I've, buried, I've buried most of them. Nordy, Nordy was the last Nordy, one. Nordy, yeah, he was a... He was, he he, was that was in the a back spiritual his, gift. Time, yeah. to, time to stop. Time to stop. He wouldn't even do that when I preach. He'd just walk out. Like. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and why are you asking that? Have you been hearing things or is there something? Just a question. <laughs> Don't read into it. Okay. But my, my, my theory on this as a pastor, as I've, as I've preached over the years and was here over the years, and I wrote some thoughts down here, is that, you know, I, did, I didn't deal with, there's theological landmines that are out there all the time. And, uh, and I wasn't that bright enough to understand a lot of that stuff, so I just kind of stayed in the scriptures. And I thought, okay, we'll just stay right here, and if you people want to argue with this, fine. You know, so I just kind of stayed in the scriptures, and it seemed to be what you liked, the Bible and the things of God. Surprise, surprise. Crazy. And so we stayed in the scriptures, and, uh, and uh, I think it, the Lord blessed, and uh, we, we, we were centered on Christ, and and so I, I, was, uh, I was happy with that. It was Christ-centered, and I think there was a great unity in the church. That was the theme, I think, when you first started, right? What, centered in Christ? Was that? Yep. It was, it for was a while. centered in Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So does that answer your question? I don't know. Does that answer that question, or did he, av- he avoid it? I didn't avoid it. I said they're dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. What's uh, through the years... Can you, is there like something that sticks out as like something that just was one of the funniest things that has ever happened? I mean, and, and good luck with that. No, 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 no. I had, I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of funny things. I have to tell you this one. And it wasn't this congregation. It was the other congregation that I was serving. It's not this congregation. No, no, I'm staying away from you people. I'm not going to. That is why we're doing this. God didn't raise a stupid, <laughs> you know. But uh, in the church I was serving, uh, my first church actually, it was, a, it was more of a, a city church. And so we were, you know, we had houses and whatnot and, and blocks and whatever. And I had a guy in the congregation, his name was Ed Powers. He was an older fellow. He was a short little guy. He had a little, looked a lot like Tim. Uh, you know, he actually so he had a mustache and a and, and little, little guy. And he, but he was a, uh, he had graduated from Harvard and he was a newspaper guy on the East Coast, and he had moved uh, to this, back to Michigan because he wanted to be here. And uh, Ed would, would always, uh, he would do the uh, crossing guard. And he was right down the street from the church, and he did the crossing guard. And so he was always there every morning. He would, and then he'd wander up, and uh, he'd look for me in my office. And he'd come in and says, you know, he'd sit in the office of pastor. He said, let's go down and get a donut, because there's a donut shop down the street. Mm. So we'd go down and get a donut, or we'd get there and... So he would, he would sit there, and he says, now, I got something to tell you, Pastor. I said, okay, Ed, I'm all ears. He said, uh, I've been smoking all my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm right now, before you, before God, before the whole world, I'm done. And I'm, 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 I've committed this to the Lord, and I'm done. And I said, well, that's great, uh, Ed, and, and I'll be praying for you. I know it's a difficult thing to do. Now, in that that back in those days, we had an evening service. Evening service was great for embarrassing people, mm. you know. So he came, he would come to the evening service. He was one of the ushers. He would serve in the back and whatnot. And 
And he comes in the back door, and we had just got done singing a couple songs and whatnot, and, and I saw him come in. And I said, I want the congregation to sit down. <laughs> so he also said, I said, I got something to tell you. Ed Powers, and he, he, his eyes got about big as, you know, watermelons, and he's looking at me. I said, he stopped by my office this week, and he told me something that I want to share with you. He's going, and he's standing up, and he's jumping. He's going, no, 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 no. Yeah. Time out. Time out. He says, uh, uh, and, I, and I said, Ed decided to stop smoking. And he goes, <laughs> and uh, the, funny, the funny thing was, it was about, I, about a month later, he lived in the senior citizen high rise there, like about on the eighth floor or something. And uh, poor guy, he was smoking in bed. And he, it caught on fire. There were flames coming out the window. <laughs> this is about a month later. But it, that was a funny thing. That took a turn. I that took a turn. Not expecting. You thought he'd stop. He didn't. He didn't. So after that, I started to call him. Funniest. Instead of Ed Powers, I called him Ed No Power. Let's move it. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you another one. No. It got, got me thinking. We, we had, you know, when you had services, there's always people that come in late. And they're always the same people. You know, you know who they are, yeah. right? Right. So, oh, oh, time to start the service. They're here now. So, so trying to recover from your yeah. last story. So, so this one lady, her name, let's just call her Ruby. Ruby, uh, she would always come in. She had three children, and her husband never came. But she would come wandering in, and she would come to the evening service, and she'd wander in. We'd been about the, the second song, and I'd always see her come in. She'd wander down the aisle, and she'd sit like, like in that. So I said to the congregation, this, I knew she wasn't here yet, I said, look, Ruby's going to come in in about five minutes, and here's what I want you to do. We're going to stop singing in the middle of the song. I'm going to put my hand up. When I put my hand up, we're going to stop singing, and you're all going to turn around and just stare at her. You must so have been a this lot is how younger. You win, this is yeah. how you win friends and influence people. <laughs> So here she comes. We're singing. I don't know what we were singing. We were singing it. We were going on. Here she comes wandering down the center. And I went like this. And they all stopped. And they turned. And they looked at her. And, I, and I'm thinking, now what's going to happen? I didn't think this all the way through. Right. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that was her last Sunday. So I'm here sure. she comes walking down. Here she comes. She's walking down the aisle. And, and didn't bet an eye. She walked down the aisle sat in the same seat she always sat and just stood there and looked at me. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I thought there would be more, but there wasn't. We just went on with the service. <laughs> and she never said a thing about it. The rest, you know, we never talked about it again. We just kind of left it alone. So, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff like that, you know. There's, strange. There's, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like strange it was strange, things. yeah, it yeah. was strange. I didn't cause it, she's the one that was walking in late. <laughs> uh, moving on. But I know another one about a big Christmas tree. No, 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 I know no, another no, one no, about no. a big Christmas tree. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff right there. All right. What, what do you prefer, officiating weddings or funerals? Uh, I think most pastors would say funerals. And the reason being, except if it's Emily's wedding um, and Steve, um, 
That was fun. That was fun. Uh, but weddings, you have opportunity, I think, more to speak into hard things and eternal things. You're talking funerals? Yeah, yeah. Because you said weddings. What did I say? Weddings. Well, you know what I meant. You've been around long enough. Some things haven't changed. So, yeah, so I think, I think most pastors would say that they feel more useful, they feel more um, helpful uh, with a funeral because of what's happening. There's eternal things happening there. And so we, I, I would have to say, I'd have to say, have to say funerals. Yeah, every, everyone's, everyone's listening at a funeral. And it, yeah, it's a special moment, it's an eternal moment, and, and those, those, those are important moments. I think, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's kind of where I think about things. Okay. Um, so you've, you've hired uh, an A-list team of staff. And uh, I might add, they've, they've been pretty great over the years. Mm -hmm. You've been blessed with amazing staff. Um, but here's my question. Would you hire your staff again if you had the chance? Um, they're all here, right? Hey, I don't, that's on you. I, don't, I didn't take attendance. <laughs> they're, all, they're, all, they're all right here. Um, actually, I've, I've kind of thought this question was coming, so I have a prepared statement <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll, I'll read. <laughs> prepared statement number one. Yes. I love them all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that was deep. Here's Meaningful. the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> for for uh, future pastors, if, if anybody's listening, and uh, I've always thought before you criticize staff or before you criticize anyone, Really, uh, you know, walk a mile in their shoes. Walk a mile in their shoes. And that way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. <laughs> you ever think about that? That's true. <laughs> walk a mile in my shoes. You had everybody. They're like, oh, he's going to say something so sweet. There's no charge for that. It's free. That's, a, that's, that's free advice. Answer the question. I did. I, I had, read, read it right Come here. Come on. I've got, I've got the evidence. Yes, I love them all. <laughs> yes. All right. Are you, is that it? You're done? Not really. They're wonderful people, and I have something for them, so I want them all to come up here. Uh -oh. So come on up, at, uh, all you people. They're my staff. Kim... Kathy, Sue, Ryan, uh, you, all the staff that I had all the years I was here. Come on up here and stand. And, uh, and uh, well, 
And they've been, they've been with me for a long, 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 long time. I mean, staff really never left. I mean, you're old. That's three longs. Long, long, long. Four. One of, the, one of the blessings of my life is to have a staff that's been here, you know, and other than Pam, she left me, you know, uh, and they moved out to Swartz Creek, uh, her and Mark, and, and she was here when we started. But uh, the rest who have come on board here have been from the, I mean, really a lot of stability in the church and have been helpful to me. Uh, I don't even have to think about a lot of things because they're already done, and people have already thought about it before I've thought about it. And so I just wanted, wanted to take this moment to say thank you to all of you and, uh, uh, and let me read this again. <laughs> yes, I love them all. <laughs> but thank you for your love for the church and your, your sincerity in working with me and for lifting up Christ in your life. I just want you to know, it's, it's, I'll always remember this and uh, the, the, the times that we've had together. And we've done a lot of things together, as you can imagine, over the years. So I want to give you something, and then, then you can sit down. Andy, you're over here. What are you doing over there? I'm just hanging out. And Kathy, and Ryan, and Ken, and Sue. Where's yours? Oh, here it is. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. But I appreciate all of you. And I, and I just want to thank you publicly. Okay. They are good. They are. They are. And faithful to what they do. So. You want to do a couple more or you want to be... Yeah, that's all right. Okay. This might be hard because it's like you really have to think. Um, what would you say to your young ministry self now that you've gone through decades of being a pastor? You remember uh, a couple weeks ago I was using an illustration from Martin Luther as he talked to a new fellow that he had his best friend, Philip Melanthon. And uh, uh, Melanthon was always worried about things. You know, oh, he's all stressed out about things all the time. And, and Luther uh, said to him, uh, let Philip cease to run the world. You know. Um, and I think as a, as, a, as a pastor, what I have appreciated and what has helped me uh, is to rely on the faithfulness of the congregation. I remember going to my, my first church, uh, and I was a little frightened by it, and I was energized by it, I was excited by it, but these were uh, uh, people with dog-eared Bibles, and, and, uh, and they were strong biblical people. And, uh, and I thought to myself, what have I got to say to them? They need, you know, they're going to be talking to me. And I think, I think congregation and, and pastor, we rub off on each other. I was saying this to Dennis just the other day. We rub off on each other. Uh, I bring things uh, as a pastor in my training uh, that I've had over the years 
And you bring, you bring things from your experience with Christ. And I think we rub, you know, to me, I call it a dance. We do this dance, pastor and people. I breathe and you breathe, and I breathe and you breathe. We're part of the kingdom of God, and we're doing this together. And I think so many times uh, uh, pastors think that they, uh, they got to, you know, here it is, you know, here it is, here it is. But it's more like here we are. Here we are, pastor and people standing before God. And no matter who that is, it's pastor and people standing before God. And so I would say, um, relax, trust God's people, trust the scriptures, um, be faithful, be faithful, and uh, just allow God to do what God's going to do in the lives of people. I don't have to run everything. I don't have to be in charge of everything, and I don't want to be. And, uh, and let, let people be people. Let people be, be what you've, you know, God's called them to be. And uh, that, would, that would be where I would go with it. I think that's good. Yeah. Like you. I mean, you... I'll let you run amok, you know. <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> Live and learn. Oh, I have something for you. Because I haven't seen you in a while. I've been saving this. It's been oh, in my boy. desk for about four months. It's a donut that Ooh, they... Thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's very, very hard. Don't hit donuts. anybody with that. That'll kill them. <laughs> that's, that's nice. You're, that's the kind I like, too. I gave you my favorite. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to just set it right here. Just... Okay. Okay. All right, last, last question. You've been, you've been doing the sermon game for, for a long time. Every Sunday, you've had to prepare, unless you call me on Saturday night and say you're not going to be here. <laughs> How many times does that happen? Enough. <laughs> Enough that I remember. Um, but you're going to... That's just going to come to a screeching halt. So what, what do you... What, What's that going to be like for you? The, the, like zero preparation now. I mean, you're still going to read your Bible, I'm guessing, but, but every Sunday, week in, week out, you're prepared. You've got 10, 10 pages of size 32 font still. And um, it's just... 20 font. It's a lot that goes into it to be prepared. What... Yeah. You'd read that from the back. What's that going to be like for you? Have you thought about that I, at all? I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll find out. Um, I've always done what I've done. So it's going to be a, a learning thing. It's going to be something I'm just trusting the Lord for. Um, uh, I've always, you know, when we talk about the church, um, I was raised in a church, my father being a pastor, my brother, we had a lot of pastors in our family. Uh, it was like second nature to me. And it was always something that I loved. I mean, I can come into church and I just love to smell it. I'm just, I love the church. Um, like hmm. to be in church, like to be with God's people. I just love the whole thing, the whole atmosphere of everything. Uh, and so, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not dead. I've still got a life and I've got things to do. 
and so I've had some opportunities presented to me that I'm I'm not going to take simply because of my wife. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll figure it out. I don't know. I can't answer that. I'm I'll, I'm not sure what the future holds. But I'm. <laughs> you all, you all are, are mouthing that to me. Yeah, well, I know who owes the future, and that's <laughs> where I am. So um, I, I, I don't know, Andy. I've, I have difficulty with that. I'll tell you what. I did it. You know, back in the, I brought this because I was cleaning out my office and I found it. And I said, well, how can I use this? This was a, um, this was a, back in the day, personal career development profile that I took. It was over in West Bloomfield. There was a doctor over there and I went to him because I wanted to see what I was gifted at and what I could do and whatnot. It was Thomas G. Roberts, uh, sex male. That was back when we were male and female. So, <laughs> Not but here's what, here's, uh, here, he says, Mr. Roberts appears to be a rather feeling sensitive person. That's <laughs> really? true. Yeah who is apt to be more intuitive and subjective than rational. I didn't know that I liked that, but uh, when he approaches problems and situation, he is likely to focus more on the intangibles and the emotional aspects of what confronts him and to require more time to resolve things than people who are action-oriented may believe is necessary. Mr. Roberts tends to be conservative. Duh. (laughs) Generally, when Mr. Roberts is faced with difficult options, disagreements, or conflicts from others, he likes to reach workable compromise between himself and everyone that's involved. So he's, wow. he's flexible, he goes on to say. Mr. Roberts tends to make quite a bit room for the wishes of others. He may give in to the demands of others even when it may not be necessary. That, that just says I'm nice. That's how I read that. He likes to be helpful. Mr. Roberts may prefer a whole a role of leadership in most organizational settings, and he is likely to accept such a role in a group of friends and coworkers if provided the opportunity. And then he goes on to say, which was interesting, he may not uh, he may not always be strongly interested, though in efforts to seek out or push for appointment to such a role, which is true. I don't do it. If, I, if people want me to do something, I'll think about it and I'll do it, but I don't push into it. Um, Mr. Roberts is a rather idealistic, self-absorbed person. <laughs> and at times given to daydreaming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> daydreaming. Yeah. Now, I didn't like that so much. Like what are you talking guy. about, daydreaming? Who is this guy? <clears throat> Some doctor, somebody here. Sounds trustworthy. That's, that's doing this. Uh, Mr. Roberts appears to be able to do quite a few things well. Probably does well in his efforts to use his expertise in solving old and new problems, and blah, 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 goes on and on. But the other thing that I liked is... How many is, pages is, is that? The, oh, it's the whole book. <laughs> so then I... The, the, what he said here at the end, he says, here's what you need to do. Because at that time I was, I was not in the church and I was looking for a job and whatnot, and that's why I did this. He says, he'd probably be a commercial artist. Have you ever seen me draw anything? I have. <clears throat> Not good. Stick figures. You know, uh... a commercial artist, drama coach, <laughs> orchestra conductor. Not happening. 
writer, college professor, dentist. Dentist. I mean, don't you have to have school for that, uh, Dick? Don't you go to, go to school for dentist? I'm coming for your job, my friend. Dentist. You know, school, school superintendent, yeah. uh, travel agency. I mean, and, and none of which I did, of course. You used What was the question anyway? You used to draw on the cards for the grandkids. Oh, I you, still Chris, do Chris, you ever get cards from him that he drew pictures on? Yeah, or you look just... at your card. Really? He used to show me, he used to do little drawings for the grandkids. And they were, Laura, they were like good. We remember like, whoa, he's like a talented artist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. So what was the question? All right. What was I don't the even know. It was something. I'm going to go sit down, but uh, what, was the, what was the hardest part about being a pastor? Oh. Thanks for the donut. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, you know, I kind of eased into most things. You know, I... Uh, I don't know there was the hardest part. You know, there was just differences. They were different. Parts were different. They weren't necessarily hard. They were different. And I, and I, I embraced the difference. That's fine with me. We're going to do a little different. Uh, I, I tried to be flexible. Um, I think biblically, theologically, uh, I've always said, you know, here we are. Here's who we are. This is the core of what Christianity is all about. Now, in, 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 in beyond that core, there's this, 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 and this, which didn't interest me so much, but we, I think we stayed in the core of, of what we believe as people of God and what the scriptures are pointing to, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the gospel means. So I try to stay in my lane with that and not get involved in too many of these other things. Um, so uh, I don't know that there was a whole lot that, that was difficult for me like I say, just different. It was just different opportunities, different things that we did. Um, I genuinely, uh, I just like people. You know, I like people. I like to be around people. I like differences in people. And uh, you can beat me up if you want. I still like you. Because that's the way I'm wired, you know. Um, and I never took things personal. I don't try to take things personal. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, and you're all different. You all have different things and different uh, things you want done or should be done or things should be done, and, and so you're absorbing all this stuff all the time. But, uh, but I think that's good. I think that's good. We talk to each other. We, we, we say, you know, we're doing the dance. We're dancing around things. We're doing things for the Lord. And in that, there's a kaleidoscope of all kinds of stuff that the Lord has in mind for us. So we've got to stay open with, to one another. We've got to stay open to the pastor and the, and the pastor's staff and what we're doing together. And, uh, and always remember that we're doing it. It's going up. It's for the glory of God. For the glory of God. So uh, having said that, I want to close with some scripture and talk just a little bit. So, so uh, uh, from what I talked about last week about being friends and that, the thing I, I was doing last week was fr I was talking about our friendship that we have, and to me that that's the uh, th that's the the nut of things in, in Scripture. God says, "Love God and love each other." I mean, there's friendship with God, there's friendship with one another. Love God. That's we're friends with we're friends with God. We're friends with one another, and that's the gospel. 
That's, that's the whole thing of what Christianity is all about. And so that's kind of where I was at last week. But I want to close differently this week. I want you to look in your scriptures, if you will, to, to Numbers. Um, um, and I want to close this way. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to read this scripture. And... Uh, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. You may be seated. Let's say this together with me one last time. The flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Now, we believe that, right? We believe that. We believe that. A very famous passage, isn't it? You've heard, you've heard it. You've, you've probably uh, uh, heard it from different pastors and whatnot. It's called the Arianic Blessing in Scripture. And it was said at the end of every, at the end of every worship service of Israel. They would end by saying this together. It's the benediction. And uh, so first the Lord says, the Lord bless you and keep you. And this is my response to you for the days to come. The Lord bless you and keep you. When God created the world, he created animals, he created light, other things. And it says, and God looked at that and he said, it's good. It's all good. And uh, that word good is benediction. It's a benediction, you know. The Latin word for good is beni, which is benediction. Beni, which is good. Diction, words, diction, good word. means good word. And six times God says, this is good. And it's not that God stood back and said, you know, uh, uh, you, what do you know? It's good. You know, he knows it's good. He's omnipotent. I mean, he created. He knows it's good. So when he's saying that, it must mean, when he's saying it's good, it must mean something else than it's how we think of it's good. What it means is God's enjoying it. He steps back at what he's created and he's delighting in it. He's enjoying it. So first of all, blessing, and when the blessing that's given here in Scripture means to delight in something. And it was typical in ancient times when a man was about to die, he would gather his children around him and they would come around the bedside and he would bless them and he would wish them well. And I long for your good. I long for your prosperity. He's delighting in them, delighting in his children. And the father actually, what happens is the father, and this is what's so important about the benediction, actually commits all his wealth to his child to achieve that good, to achieve that good in their life. That's what blessing means in Scripture. And now we see what it means for God to say to a person, I bless you. I bless you. God is saying, I delight in you. I delight in you. You're my people. But not only do I delight in you, I am committed with all of my power 
with all of my resource in achieving that good in your life. I'm willing to pay the price for that good, for who you are. And then in verse 24, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you and give you peace. Peace is the word shalom. We know what shalom means. Shalom means absolute fulfillment of your deepest desires that you have in your life. That's the blessing of God. I want you to have this peace. So, all right. How does that come to us? Here's how it comes. The next phrase. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That's how it comes. That's how the blessing comes to you. The face of God is his relational presence. That's important. That's important. You know the difference between the face of God and the general presence of God, right? I'll give you a quick example of that. There are 10 people in a room. You're in the room with them. You can see them. You can speak with them. You can talk with them. In a way, you're present with all the people that are in the room. But there's a moment where you turn your face to someone and you begin to talk to that person. And you've committed yourself to that person. And your face is only turned to that person. And you're having conversation with him or with her. The Bible does not actually say the face of God is everywhere. God is present with everyone. God is present with everyone. And that's what people say. Well, God is with everyone. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Generally, God is with everyone. But he doesn't have a personal relationship with everyone. For God's face to be turned to you and to shine upon you means you have an intimate, personal relationship with God. And that's wonderful. That's what we want. That's a wonderful thing. But imagine, imagine Moses. Moses is listening to this. He's going to the worship service and he's listening to these things. And he comes to the end of the service and the, the high priest says, The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you. That would have blown Moses away. Remember, he was up on the mountain. And what did he ask for? He said, Lord, show me your face. And what did God say? No, you can't see my face or you're going to die. So Moses is thinking, well, what does this mean? Why are we saying this? Why is that happening? So, uh, because although God's presence is everywhere, we've lost his face. We've lost his face. The first main point in the Bible the first main point in the Bible is we had the face of God in the Garden of Eden, but we lost not the presence of God. He's everywhere. But we lost the face of God where, he, where he's with us. The love relationship, the personal relationship. And God is saying there's no way that sin can dwell with holiness and my face is the relational gate to that holiness. My face is the relational gate, and I have to have my face towards you. It's personal. It's personal. So how does this happen? Moses is saying, well, how does that happen? I, I, I'm, I'm confused with that. Well, here's a hint. Look at what the next passage says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. There's the answer. There's the answer. When Moses heard that, he must have said, yes, if the Lord's face is shining upon us, it has to be because of radical grace. Radical grace. Somehow God is doing something with sin. So what is it? What is it? And Moses didn't know, but we know. We know. We've, we've read the scriptures. It's in, in, in Hebrews 10. Here's what it says. 
Day after day, every priest stands. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which will never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. One priest offered the ultimate sacrifice, offered himself as a sacrifice, and that was Jesus Christ. And now you see it, right? Now we see it. Jesus took the curse we deserve, so the blessing that he deserved falls on us. And what is that, what is that blessing? This is in John 17, 22. Jesus is speaking to the Father before he's going to the cross. He's just about to go to the cross, and he's in the high priestly prayer there in 1722. And he goes to the cross, and he actually prays to the Father, and he says, Father, the glory that you gave me before the foundations of the world, I've given to them. That's us. That's his body. That's the church. That glory from the beginning of the world that glory that I had with you before the foundation. What does that mean? What does that mean? The gospel tells us that everything we deserve has fallen on Jesus, and we deserve death, we deserve hell, we deserve uh, separation. That falls on him, and everything that he deserves falls on us, right? You know, what, is that? what does he deserve? What does he deserve? You thought about that? To rule? To reign? We sang about that earlier. And the Bible says, we're going to do it. I don't understand all of that, how it's going to happen, but we're going to be there. We're going to, we're going to get everything he deserves. It's coming to us. And I do know it means God can look at you as if you're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus and literally say, you are my beloved child. You are my beloved child in Jesus Christ. You absolutely delight me. And everything I have is yours, is yours. That's benediction. That's the benediction, the good word, the gospel, the good news, the gospel. That's what we desperately want. That's what we desperately need. And it becomes because Jesus says to us, I'm not just going to wish you good. I'm going to pay the price necessary for your good. And he did. And he did. Uh, I, I, I close with this statement. I, I want to... Uh, the, the next thing that he says there is you're, you're placed in a family now. You're placed in a family. You're part of the family of God. And in the family of God, there's accountability with God. You know, there's identity. You have identity. That's a big, big thing in Scripture. You have identity. You have a family's name. A name is placed on you. And, and you're a Christian, so the name is there. That means you represent the family now to the world. We, people of God. And I'd like to end by suggesting two things. Uh, first of all, you need to give that blessing to others. And secondly, you need to seek more of it for your own lives. More of the blessings of God in your own life. There was a time when I was in a very low, and, and I've, you, you know my story, I was a very low time spiritually, very difficult. I, I had left the church for a while, um, and I decided I was going to go to a church, and I went to this church. The first time I went to this church, 
the pastor called me in the afternoon and he said, I saw you were in church this morning and, and blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about it. And he, he said, I, you know, when you get to church next week, uh, you know, I'll be de- back at the back. Stop by and introduce yourself to me because it was a large church. And uh, so I did. I went there the next Sunday and I went back and I introduced myself. And, I, and he says, oh, he says, you're Tom. You're Tom. I like talking to you on the phone. And he said, let's, let's talk. What's going on in your life? And, 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 and you guys know who this was. It was a big mega church. He didn't have time to talk to me. He said, let's talk. And so we sat down that week at the Ramshorn over in Rochester Hills. And, uh, and we had breakfast and we talked. We talked. And he listened to everything I shared about my life. Everything was going on in my life, and he cared, and he gave me advice. And he said, I want you to call me, and he gave me his phone number. And he made himself available, and it was a powerful moment for me. For me. It was a powerful And many times after that, we, we talked, we had breakfast together, and I, I, I just poured myself out, and I wept, and I cried. And, he, and many times I was in tears when we were talking. And he called, and I'll never forget this, because I've used it with some of you. He said, oh, those are tears of grace. Those are tears of grace. Tears of grace. He had, he had blessed me. He had blessed me. Somebody gave time to me in my life, and it turned me around, and I'm standing here today because of that. He blessed me. See, the time I felt like nothing, I felt like nobody... And here's this guy coming. He doesn't need to talk to me. He's got so many things to do, and he blesses me. And he says, Tom, remember your identity in Christ, who you are. Remember who you are. And the cords that were broken began to vibrate once more. Now, when the Bible says to Christians, you and me, and I'm closing, did I say that before? (laughs) Bless one another and don't curse. Bless one another and don't curse each other. You know what that means? Blessing means you find something great about somebody, something good about somebody, something in their life, and you not only tell them that it's good, you commit yourself to that person. Your resources, your time, your energy, you make your resources available. You make yourself, that's it. That's it. Now, we don't like this because we we don't want to be bothered sometimes. We don't want people to feel like they, they have access to us. You know, but here's how you bless somebody. You praise them, you compliment them. C.S. Lewis says, a person who habitually praises and compliments and affirms is a person filled with inner health. Bless one another. Bless, don't curse. Bless one another. Find people to bless. People who need people are happy. We have, we're friends. We're friends. You find people who are Christians, you find people who are non-Christians, you find next-door neighbors, you find people in the church, you find people outside the church, you bless them. God has blessed you, you bless them. Bless other people. Give it up. You know, give it up to people. And then the last thing, seek the blessing that God wants for you. There's a blessing God wants for you in your life. At the end of the service, when you hear the benediction, God is saying, I don't care how you feel right now. My face is shining on you. I don't care if every other face is raining on you and you're hurt. Mine is shining on you. Mine is shining on you. 
because of my son, Jesus Christ, I delight in you. I delight in you. You're my church. You know, you are my beloved child. Everything I have is yours. I need the blessing of God. You need the blessing of God. And the thing is, God wants to bless us. God is looking for ways to bless us. So church, I leave you with these words. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You're my friends. I'm your pastor, but you're my friends. You have the blessing of God. Give it, seek more of it. And thank you for your friendship. Mary and I uh, have felt blessed all these years, all these years. And it's been our joy to be your pastor and your friend. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this great ministry that we have together of lifting up Jesus Christ. For the love that's here in this congregation, for the things of God, for people, for one another, for the joy we have when we praise you, for the responsibilities that that places upon each of our lives, to do things for the kingdom that bless you, that say that we love you. We're thankful for the privilege that we've had all these years to be pastor. And to be called pastor. And the privilege of working with a, with a people who have a great love for you. We ask for your blessing upon this church and all the churches as we've prayed in this community that they would love Christ more and more every day and seek the face of God. And we pray for this church to do the same. We pray all these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right, when we, we close here, I guess we're going to sing a couple songs and then you, you uh, older people that are over 76. <laughs> <laughs> You can go first, and when you get down there, I don't know, you, I, you probably want to sit down. Just everybody go sit down, because we stand in those lines sometimes, and everybody gets tired. So just everybody sit down, and then they'll, they'll move us around to what they want with us, okay? So that, that'll make sense, right, Tracy? That'll make sense? Okay. All right, I'm sorry. I'm done. Thank you, church.